Welcome to the Circuit of Success Podcast. The Circuit of Success Podcast. With your host, Brett. Brett. Brett Gilliland. Brett Gilliland, visionary wealth advisor. Brett Gilliland. The Circuit of Success Podcast. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Drew Maddox with me. Drew, how you doing? Brett, I'm doing great. It's an honor to be with you this morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. You are in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, right? That is correct. I'm I'm a native, which is one of the few these days with with all the uh, the move-ins, you know, from, yeah. from all over the country. But yeah, I'm a generationally tied here. Our family's been here for many, many years. Never left uh, the city. My wife's from here as well, and so yeah, this is this is home, and always been home for us. Well, you've seen some uh, significant growth, man. It's a it's an awesome city, and uh, obviously, you know that you've been there your whole life. But we love going down there. I'm only about four hours from there. I'm from St. Louis, so we're uh, we're pretty close. Yeah, it, it is. It's uh, it's really good because I still think it's at the intersection of of what Nashville was and what it's becoming. Which is exciting in both senses, like the honoring of the past, but this innovation, this progression of all the newness. And so yeah. we've certainly been the benefactors of a lot of new restaurants and new opportunities and new new ways to do life. And so we're very, very thankful for the, the visionary leadership of our city. Absolutely. Well, you were a uh, successful college basketball player there in Vanderbilt as well. So that's uh, that's awesome. I'm sure we'll talk some about that. And uh, you, you've been in the business world, the coaching world. You've been in the TV world doing some sports commentating. You've done all sorts of stuff. And you've also wrote a book called Elevated, uh, which is a motivational book on being the best version of you. Uh, before we get started, though, Drew, can you – what I always like to do with people is kind of what's the backstory? What's made you the man you are today? You don't just wake up and do all the stuff you've done. So if you can share some of that, that would be great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Brett, for allowing me to do that. It's – it really does begin with, uh, I have incredible parents. I, I was a son first. I, I'm the middle uh, of three. Uh, my parents were incredible. They were life-giving. They were supportive. Uh, they were encouraging. And they were great facilitators for us to dream big and, and help support us in the pursuing of what those dreams were. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do when I was little, when I was five years old, my kindergarten teacher asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I drew myself in a Vanderbilt basketball uniform, and that picture wow. set my mirror my entire life. And the reason why I was so specific and so intentional as it relates to playing basketball at Vanderbilt was my father and my grandfather both played basketball at Vanderbilt. And uh, it was just other people told stories at bedtime of, of other legendary folk heroes. My dad told stories of these legendary Vanderbilt basketball players. And so it just was so real in our family uh, that that's just what I wanted to do. And so I worked like crazy my entire life uh, in the pursuing of that dream. So it helped shape everything in terms of uh, my disciplines, my behaviors in the classroom, the decisions I made, uh, how I treated my body, um, and then just uh, the diligence of what it means to chase after a dream with everything that you had. I was blessed to be able to do that. I grew up here in high school, had a great high school career. Uh, committed to Vanderbilt as a freshman in high school um, wow. and so knew that's what I wanted to do. So when Eddie Fogler offered that scholarship, I was like, yes, I know that's what I want to do. And so was blessed to be able to do that. Played here in Nashville my, my entire life. My whole family lives here. So it became a big family reunion every single night we played. Uh, it was just a great, great connector of a shared experience for our family and our friends. Met my wife my sophomore year. Uh, at Vanderbilt. We got engaged my senior year. 
Uh, we just <laughs> celebrated 25 years of marriage. And so she is my best friend. She is my my inspiration. Um, and she's my biggest cheerleader, biggest uh, uh, encouragement in my life. And so uh, we have an incredible love story um, that I'm so thankful for, for the way she's impacted my life. Um, so I'm a husband next. And then thirdly, I'm a dad. So I have a, uh, five children. Uh, we have three daughters biologically. And in 2010, uh, December 15th, which we're coming up on an anniversary of what that means, we adopted two little boys from Uganda. They're not little anymore. They're now big 16-year-old <laughs> boys. And uh, they completed our family. And so we have five children. So I was a son, I was a husband, and now uh, you know being able to be a father as well. And so really through those three lens, uh, that's the paradigm by which, you know, life works for me and life flows yeah. and then everything else just kind of flows out of that. But really those are the three aspects of my life that I'm the most focused on. And I believe if I'm pursuing everything that I have within those three constructs that, uh, you know, the byproduct will be the opportunity to be excellent as a coach, to be excellent as a speaker, to be excellent as a broadcaster, to be excellent as a business person, an entrepreneur, all the other things will flow out of that and will be icing on the cake if I'm pursuing the, the three loves of my life the most yeah. of, of, of being a son, of being a husband, and being a father. Love it. That's a great explanation, man. I think I appreciate you sharing that, Drew. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk about that. You're five years old. You're talking about dreams and aspirations, and you said, I want to be a Vandy basketball player, and it comes true. So I'm curious on what you think about now as you've gone through life and you've taught your kids and you also coaching kids and you're speaking, how important is it to dream and think big? And what I heard in that story was you didn't just write it down and put it in your top drawer of, of your desk. You put it on your mirror, right? Yep. So how important is that when we're, when we're giving some advice to people today, listen to this. Yeah, I, I think it's crucial. It really does uh, begin there. It's, it's what do you see? Uh, you, you will become what you see you know, without mm -hmm. vision, there's nothing that's ever been created, invented, or accomplished without first the sight to see it. And so I believe it does start with, you know, if you want to be excellent at anything that you want to accomplish or do or see fulfillment or even joy, you got to see it first. Um, and I can give you so many examples of that, but uh, certainly in my life, I'm a speaking, walking testimony of what that means to see it first. Uh, really, then it moves into the second phase of it. So as you see it, as you visualize it, it really does move into the preparation. You know, how are you preparing? Does your preparation uh, align with the result that you hope for? Because yeah. so many times, Brett, you know, you'll, you'll, when it gets to game time or you get into the arena, oh, okay, I'm going to flick on the switch. I'm going to turn it on in that moment. But the habits have not been consistent enough in a direct alignment with the result that you hope for. So as you see it, it moves into the planning and the preparation of it. So in order that you can then step in and do it. You know, so it's yeah. see it, plan for it, and then you got to go do it and you got to deliver and when greatness is required. And then the last piece of that is you got to finish. You got to finish. And, you know, so many times we'll step in and you'll start to execute or you'll start to do something, but you can't finish. You can't complete it. You can't, um, you know, see it all the way through. And so it really does begin with the sight to see it first. Are you preparing and planning and practicing in your process in the fulfillment of that site? Do you go and do you step into it and can you do it? And then lastly, do you complete it? Can you finish it all the way through? And I believe that's the stages 
of everything, but it does begin with what do you see first? It's, it's, um, so it's funny when I was 22, 23 years old, starting in my business, I'm in the wealth management space. I had all my goals, you know, framed like literally in a nice picture frame right next to the phone. Because what did I have to do as a young financial advisor? I had to pick up the phone 40, 50, 60, hundred times a day to try to get clients. Right. And I knew when, when people would tell me no, or they would dodge my calls, all the stuff, when I could read what was important to me and why I was doing it, it made it easier. Right. So my question there is now, you know, we're both, I think you're close to my age. We're in our mid to late forties. And, uh, you know, you probably don't have the, the little picture frame on your uh, mirror anymore playing basketball. So how does that go now as we're older, you've experienced success in your life. How do those quote unquote dreams or those goals play out in your life now? Yeah, I, I, I think it starts with the end in mind. First of all, it's, you know, your legacy, your next assignment, your next thought, your next habit, your next word spoken should be in direct alignment with the legacy that you want to leave behind. And legacy to me is not just what I leave behind, but what do others do because of the investment I made in them? So it really does start with legacy. And so what I do every single year, Brett, is, and, and I work with people all the time as we walk through this, but we walk through the framework of legacy and what does that mean? And then how do you start to really get intentional and practical practical around what legacy means in the different aspects of your life? So you yeah. start to break that down. Then, you know, we're about 40 days away from when we're taping this right now, but we're about 40 days away from the end of the year. So another year is about to start again. Right. And so every year around December, I go through a life planning process. And so I revisit my legacy. I look at my core values. I start to look at my mission and my vision statement of my life and make sure that it's in direct alignment with my legacy. And then I break down my life in 2024 into six practical areas. And I make three declarations in each of those areas of my life. So I have 18 declarations broken into six segments of my life that should speak and run through the paradigm of my mission, vision, and core value set that is in direct alignment with my legacy. And so I'm very, very practical about what I go after, but it really does start with seeing your legacy and then making sure that the paradigm of your life, that everything flows through is in direct alignment with that through the core value set, through the mission and vision of your life. And then as you start to grab hold of and make a stated claim with what you want the year to look like, not just in terms of success, not just in terms of achievement, but really going after fulfillment aspects of your life, are all of those things working in unison together to make sure it's speaking into the elements of my eulogy rather than just my resume? You know, really speaking towards the process, not just the outcome, really looking at the story of my life and the unwritten aspects of my life more than the finished product and the outcome of my life. And so all of that is always working day by day. And I visit that stuff like literally every single day. Uh, I'm pretty, uh, pretty focused guy. I'm pretty disciplined guy. And so I visit that stuff every single morning and make sure I'm speaking into breathing life into those aspects of my life. Love that, man. So it's, I was smiling big time there as you get your six. I've got I've got my six here that you know, I talk about all the time is your faith, your family, your fitness. I call it yep. firm because that's what we have for work, right? So faith, family, fitness, firm, fun, and finances. I love and, it. There you and, go. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So so walk me through if you can. Let's let's kind of open that uh, that envelope a little bit if we can and, and share some stuff. When you when you talk about legacy, I can already tell that's really, really important to you. So when you say the word legacy, do you mind sharing that? Like what is that legacy and what do you think yeah. about? 
Yeah. So, so my, my legacy, you know, really does start with, you know, how do you want to be, not only how do you want to be remembered, but what lives on beyond me in the lives of those that I've caretaken for as well, you know, and made an investment in. And so I break uh, legacy into four segments uh, and, and really being very intentional on that. So looking at your spouse, your parents, your kids, and then your friends, community, you know, colleagues. And I'm a spirit, I'm a spiritual person as well. And so kind of the, the canopy of all of it, it, it really does flow uh, downward because of my, my faith, my faith, yeah. you know, generates uh, the, the way that I view life and all the aspects of that should be tapping into the faith that I have. And so those are really the four segments. And so it really does start with my, my mission and vision statement of my life is, is to pick up the trash. Well, what do those four words mean? It means to leave people, places, and things better than the way that you found them. Well, how do you do that, Drew? What does that look like? That sounds pretty grandiose, and that sounds great. But what do you, what do you, how do you strip it all away? And how does the next thing that you do really fulfill the legacy you hope to leave behind? Well, it comes down to two things, and I stay focused on this. Number one, love the next one in front of me the best way I can. That our stories are better because they've collided together. And then number two, do the next right thing right. If I just focus on those two things, love the next person in front of me, do the next right thing right, I believe that ultimately people will be better for it. Situations will be better for it. Circumstances, experiences, moments, environments uh, will be better for it. And ultimately the people that my story collide with hopefully will walk away better because of the investment that I made in them. Yeah, so when I hear love the next person right, it makes me think about, you know, with you know, writing the book and, and being in business and coaching and being, again, the child, the spouse, the parent, how do you stay in the moment and enjoy the moment every day? Posture of gratitude is where it starts. I mean, it, it really does for me. So once again, I, I, if you if you don't mind me sharing, I'm, I'm sure people think, is he just so robotic? Like he's so, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm very disciplined when it comes to this because I believe it, this is, you know, really where it starts. And so, you know, the first thing I do every single day is, is I start in my gratitude journal. And as a byproduct of my gratitude journal, uh, I send 10 notes, whether it sometimes they're handwritten, sometimes they're emails, sometimes they're just text or voice text. But I just literally 10 people that I begin to meditate and pray about, um, I share just uh, how much I appreciate them. So it really does start with gratitude and appreciation. Uh, that's where it starts. And then everything flows out of that. And so as I seek to love the next one in front of me, and I try to do the next right thing right, because I'm so thankful for the gift of today, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that are before me, it allows me to be fully present. It allows me to stay grounded in the moment, to not allow the, my next to rob my now, to not allow what just happened to take away the joy of what's becoming, and to really to really stay uh, at the intersection of, of what is happening next with what is happening now. Yeah. So, um, so I love that. I think and one of the questions I was going to ask is your habits and rituals. And I would say that that happens probably almost every day, doesn't it? That, every that, day. There's yeah. not a day that, that, that does not, that's not how the day starts. That's amazing. Yeah. Even on Christmas morning, it doesn't matter. Even, that's on, a, morning. <laughs> even, exactly. on, even on Thanksgiving morning, you know, even, yeah. even on those days, because here's, here's, here's the way I think too, like even on those days, so I'm not interested um, in being average. I'm not interested in being good. I'm not interested in uh, just getting by or doing what everybody else does. 
and the human condition around those days, we would take off from those elements of our life. And so the ones that I've been around that are great or excellent or elite and who they are as people and what they do, even on those days, even on vacation, even on the weekend, even when you don't want to, those are the days you have to, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, that's just what I believe in. And so, yeah, even on the holidays, even on the weekend, even on the vacation, you still lean into what you want to, uh, what you have declared is important in your life. Yeah. Well, and think about the message you have for your kids, right? I mean, what a great legacy to leave on to the next one, right? The, the, yeah. Now they're our age and they're in their mid forties and they've got a family and now they wake up and share gratitude and send messages to people because it, it just, <laughs> it, it just goes right. Cause now how do those 10 people feel when they get a message? Now they're going to go out and uplift people more often and stuff. That's and so, right. so, you know, this is all phenomenal, but what about the days that it's not going well, right? Not yeah. every day is just perfect. So, so how do you kind of, you know, put your work boots on, lift yourself up and keep going? Yeah. It, it's, it's who you surround yourself with. You know, you, that's, that's where it's, it's, it's two things um, when it comes to this, because like you said, even on the days you don't, you don't have the juice, you still got to lean into the day. And mm -hmm. so I, I believe, you know, it's two things. One is who you surrounded by, who are those people that breathe life into you in those days when you don't have what it takes or when you're, it's not going well, or it's a struggle or it's a challenge or hardship life is lived in relationship and community. And so I yeah. will, yeah. I will become who I surround myself with. And so those are the days I've got to have great community that yeah. care deeply yeah. for me, that it's not conditional. Like even on those hard moments, on those hard days, those are when I need them the most, not when yeah. things are going great and I'm living out of a highlight reel. That's easy, you know, to hook yeah. your right. wagon. But number two is, you know, so it's back to the gratitude piece of this is what are those things that um, that you fight for every day that are beyond you or bigger than you? What are those causes that that are are far without of your reach? And how does that start to pull you up out of those moments of when you feel low? And yeah. so I, I believe it's a cause and it's a and it's being it's living life in a relationship with others. I think those two things are when I am not at my best, I try to reposition. I reach out to others that I know care deeply for me. I'm vulnerable enough. I'm authentic enough to be my truest self and ask for help when I need it. And then number two, what are those elements of causes that I'm fighting for well beyond me? And how does yeah. that play out so it can shift and pivot my mindset or my heart yeah. set in that moment? Well, I think it's huge what you just shared there, the the being vulnerable is um I think, especially as guys, man, I think it's when we're having tough times, it, it's hard to reach out, right? It's hard to be quote unquote weak is what some people would think, but I found it as well as when, when I can share what's going on and then rally the troops and having that good circle of people around you is, is critically important. You know, my dad used to say when I was a kid and it used to drive me nuts uh, and piss me off because I didn't think he liked my kids or my friends, but he'd say the people you surround yourself with in the books you read. Right. And, and he could have been more right. So for me, bad times, I go to my journal, I go right here to my journal. I write yep. down stuff and I'm surrounded by great people and I read good stuff, right? Garbage in garbage out. And so you put good stuff in your body. Great things come out as well. So yeah. um, what other things besides the legacy and, and some of the things you talked about in the morning, your gratitude, what are some habits and rituals that if I followed you around every day that I would see are no miss items for you? Yeah. Um, I'm an avid reader. First of all, I love that you said that. So, 
Uh, I'm always reading anywhere from five to six books at a time. I try to read uh, over 50 books a year, which would be, you know, an average of one a week. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, I'm sending out at least 10 uh, connects every single day uh, of gratitude, appreciation. And, and some of those people are repeats, you know, throughout the week. It may be the same person that resurfaces back up, but um, hey, you were prayed for today. I thought about you today. I'm thankful for you today. Thank you for making an investment in me today. Um, I, I think those those two elements are very, very important. I think um, you're going to see uh, somebody that that is um, focused on making sure his physical wellness is good as well. Um, so like this morning, uh, we after 20 years, we play basketball uh, full court three days a week still a uh, group of guys. At 5:30 a.m., uh, we're still going to get up. We're going to exercise even on the off days. So our physical, you know, uh, well-being is is very important. My diet's very important, especially as I'm getting close to 50. So I've changed my diet. Uh, very gotten very um, driven in terms of making sure I'm taking care of my body physically, uh, my spiritual well-being. Uh, you know, I'm I'm my faith once again informs a lot of who I am. So uh, I'm reading back through the Bible again every day. So I'm reading back through that. So every day I'm in the word, I'm, I'm doing that as well. Um, and then just trying to do other things from a mental, emotional wellness standpoint to make sure that my spirit's cleansed, that my heart is good. Um, and, and just making sure that, that, that mentally, um, you know, I'm ready for whatever the day presents. And so I would say those areas of mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, physical well-being are so important. Love it. Love it, man. Uh, basketball three times a week. I like it. Yeah, we, you know, it's a game that started at Vanderbilt with the uh, the coaching staff. They used to call it Lunch Bunch, and they would play at noon on Tuesday, Fridays. And then when I got done playing at Vanderbilt, uh, I started to play in that game. And then when I left the world of healthcare to come to Christ Pres Academy to be a basketball coach, we moved that game to, uh, to the morning on Monday, That's Wednesday, awesome. Friday. So it has just continued. It's like the the secret fraternity in Nashville. So we have a lot of former Tennessee Titans, Nashville Predators, former Vanderbilt basketball players, football players. Wow. It's it's a it's a great group of guys that yeah. once again a call Competing. connects us, but it shares this experience and it's built this incredible community together. I love that. Love it, man. So talk about your book, Elevated, a motivational book on being the best version of you. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. What what was the reasoning behind writing it and, and uh what would our our, our listeners get out of reading that book. Yes, you know, we, we've written two books, by the way. So we wrote Elevated okay. and Excavated. Uh, so Elevated was um, really, uh, I've always wanted to write a book. So I'm a journaler. I write every day. Yep. And so for just even if nobody read it, I wanted to go through the personal discipline of what it meant to have to try to put something like that together. What does that really look like to work on my own growth and development? Uh, a guy named Virgil Herring, who's become a dear, dear friend. He's probably one of the leading golf performance coaches in the world, coached many PGA Tour professionals. He and I got together uh, because of a, a podcast I did with him. And we started to understand that we had a lot of like-minded thoughts around excellence and leadership and what makes great people great. And so we got in a room and whiteboarded out uh, what makes great people great. We just started listing attributes of what makes great people, yeah. great teams, great CEOs, coaches, performers, great at what they do. We came up with like, I think like 150 to 160 words that we thought just as we brainstormed, we cut that down to 50 that we could agree to. 
And so what we did was uh, for 50 straight days, Brett, we journaled about that one word. So the first word yeah. in the book is perseverance. So you would write about perseverance or, or Virgil would write about perseverance and I would write about perseverance and we would share that journal entry together. And then day two, you know, whatever the word was, resilience, yeah. day three. And we just literally for 50 straight days did that practice and we would share the journal entry with one another. And so what we wanted it to become was our book became your book. And so back to it, we're both journalers and writers. So we would, if you open up the book, Perseverance, Drew's entry, Virgil's entry, and the empty page. So the reader could therefore write whatever their journal entry would be about that word. And so that that is how uh, our book transfers to ownership to becoming your book. And so that was the idea. It went on to have great success. Who would have thought? Uh, became like uh, number one on Amazon and coaching and leadership. And, and we had great success with that book. So we followed it up during COVID with Excavated. And we wrote about 50 words that would have almost like a negative connotation because of what we were going through as a world. But sometimes it may be setting you up for the biggest blessing of your life. So how do you dig deeper to go even further beyond what you would hope for? So then we had a hundred words between those books and we signed, uh, we did a podcast. We did a hundred episodes uh, in partnership with Cumulus Media. And we did uh, a podcast around each of those words and we did a hundred wow. episodes. So there's a lot of content out there for anybody that would love That's to great. really listen about leadership, performance, um, you know, greatness, excellence, those kind of things. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. There's no doubt okay, about that. That's it. awesome. Thank you. Um, We'll do that. And then um, talk about the risk. What what risk are you happy that you've taken throughout your life? So I've, I've taken two big risks uh, as it relates to my career. So I would start there. Number one, I was involved in the world of healthcare. I was a health, in healthcare technology with a company that was hugely successful. When I left Vanderbilt, I moved quickly up to be president of a region um, at age 26. And... Uh, was had the world by the by the tail by the way you would define success yeah. but as much as i was winning in the world of my professional sense i was losing personally at home i would leave every single sunday or monday and and go out of town and come back friday and wow. uh, I, I just was not interested in that being the rhythm of life for our family so i took a risk and uh, a, a school took a risk on me because i had no coaching experience but i left the world of technology healthcare and moved into basketball coaching at Christ Pres Academy. We went on to have a lot of fun, had more success than we deserved, was there for 15 years. Once again, had the world by the tail in terms of the way that you would define success and uh, retired from coaching to step back into the corporate world and joined uh, the Dufresne Spencer Group. My friend, Chad Spencer, our CEO, founder of our organization, uh, as executive vice president of, of people and leadership development. and. Uh, just uh, that was a, a major risk as well to leave yeah. everything I knew and people thought I was absolutely crazy. What do you mean you're going to leave basketball coaching to go in and do this this other thing? And so those two risks have each taken me to a different level in my journey. And I'm so thankful for it. And then I think the the bigger risk of of all risk was adoption was a foreign concept to our family we didn't really know much about adoption we didn't know many families that had adopted but uh you know we we fell in love with um uh just the people of uganda that part of the world we were involved yeah. in several missions 
And uh, we knew we couldn't affect the orphan in uh, crisis across the world, but we could affect the lives of at least one or two. And it ended up being two in our life. And that risk has had exponential return uh, in our life uh, for, for what we did by saying yes to that. Well, that's two lucky 16 year old boys right there to come into that house, man. That's uh, man, that's very awesome. blessed. So, very cool. Um, and so talk about that from the leadership development. I think you said is what you're doing for the company uh, that you're involved with now. What, what are you seeing that the everyday person, right, driving down the road, what are we seeing that, that you think people really need to focus on and need help with the most right now? Yeah, well, specifically in our world, the world of retail, um, you know, we're in the home furnishings world. And, you know, obviously, if you look at a macro level economically around the country right now, you're in this space. I mean, you you understand you study it, you know, because of of the way the world is at this moment. You know, home buys have slowed. So therefore, home furnishings have slowed. And so um, the thing that we're trying to get our people in a down economic environment retail wise for us is um you know really how, how do you elevate your mindset and not allow the, the the external circumstances of the world really dictate who you are and the life that you're meant to live because so many times those external circumstances really do affect who we are as husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and all those things and so really that's the challenge that i have the most right now brett is trying to encourage our people to not be taken out of the fight because of the external circumstances that they're living in right now and the effect professionally what they're living and how that affects their personal lives and their marriage and the way that they parent their communities. And so just really trying to separate the two that what you do is not who you are. And I think sometimes we hook our wagons into that, that monetary success or performance or titles or all of those things really dictate who you are. And in a down economic environment, it's just what the world is. How do you still seek to find fulfillment and joy in all the other aspects of your life? And how do you stay intrinsically motivated to continue to pursue all that you were created to be? And going back to where we were at to start really is, and I'm the exact same way you are. I mean, I'm in my journal here and I write down my goals every single day, what my goals are for the next 90 days that then go into my year, which go into my three, five and 10 year goals, right? And so don't you think the importance of that, of doing this daily, I mean, every single day without fail, because you, you talked about a robot earlier. I feel that way sometimes too. I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop my bag off. I grab the book I'm reading. I grab my journal. I go grab my water. I mean, I do the exact same thing every single morning when I walk into the office. So how important is that for somebody listening to this right now that may not have that discipline that we have to do something, the same old stuff day in yep. and day out? Well, I, I believe, you know, routine uh, is so critical because yeah. routine and habits will set the table for you to experience fulfillment and success. And I, I just believe if you're not like I'm I'm probably over, I'm OCD. So by nature, like I want everything to be orderly. I want everything to be just right. But that allows me to be at my optimum level and, and that yeah. allows me to maximize all that I can be. And if anything's out of sorts or I'm not fulfilled, stepping into those habits or those routines, I feel out of sorts. And then I'm not bringing my true self to the table. And so what I would say to anybody, to your point, Brett, is start somewhere. Even if, if you're not that kind of person, you can still start with one. And yeah. and we learned in Atomic Habits from James Clear, like 
start with one, then stack number two on top of it. Yeah. And, and then the stack number three, and then the compounding effect of all of those things together, you'll start to see the massive effect that that can have to the 1%, 2% incremental improvement that you desire. But it really does start with the next right decision, the next habit, the next word, the next thought, the next mindset. And how do you start to add that and start to understand the effect that all of that has that there are no big things or small things. They're just things. And you have a way that you do it and the way that you approach it. Trust the process, man. Um, Last few questions here. This is one of my favorite questions I've asked on pretty much almost every uh, episode for 380 something people. I've had the pleasure of interviewing, which has been phenomenal, but uh, fears, how many of the fears that you've put in your mind have ever blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Yeah, I, I would say not many. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it, it's, it's a majority of what we're fearful of never comes to be a reality, you know. And yeah. so, um, you know, you, you're actually only only born with two fears when you come into the world, you know. So that means, mm. as we've learned from Mark Batterson, one of my favorite writers, all your, all your fears are learned. And, you know, his thought is and what he's what he's taught me through his readings and, and listening to his sermons is, if your fears can be learned, then therefore your fears can be unlearned. And so how do you start to um, unlearn some of those fears that have had a gripping effect in your life? Because what you start to see is you look back over the course of your life, the things you were most fearful of, like you said, Brett, didn't come true. Yeah. And so just really starting to understand that. Um, so yeah, to, your, to, to answer the question, uh, I can't think of many, if one, of something that I built up as a monumental fear in my life uh, that let, reached a level of, of anxiety or even panic actually happened in my life. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I asked the question. I mean, right, we all have those same thoughts, those same feelings that go into our mind. I heard somebody say the other day, too, is from, a, from getting things done and taking action, it was, it was great. It said, make decisions based on your knowledge, not on your emotion. Right. Yeah. So just take the gym, for example. Right. You talk about physical fitness and, and that's really helped me is sometimes my emotion is, ah, I don't want to go do that. I don't want right. to do this at all. So if I'm making the decision on emotions, I'm not going to go. Right? right. But if I base it on my knowledge, I know I need to go because of A, B, C and D. Yeah. It's an easier decision to go make. So when you hear me say that, make a decision based on your knowledge, not on your emotion. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, I, well, I start to think about when I, when I think about that, I think about if we tie it to fear, you know, so you, if you analyze the past overcoming a fear, if you did have to overcome a fear, or d- did it come to be a reality or not? So analyze past fears, anchor a thought beyond the fear, to your mm-hmm. point, the knowledge of, of what you hope for. So anchor a thought beyond it. And then you got to act, you got to move, you got to go. So as yeah. you analyze and as you anchor a thought beyond, you got to act and you got to go, and you got to move. So let's uh, talk about cell phones here. Anything on your phone? If I stole your cell phone from you, besides, you know, your normal email and calendar stuff to help run your life, is there an app or anything that you use for productivity or just, you know, something that you love to use or are you pretty much not too much technology in your life? No, I, I mean, I just use the, the calendar. So I, I, I literally um, invite myself to different calendar 
invites. So even okay. uh, scheduling uh, uh, sleeping, I mean, I, I even like down to that, like I want to make sure I own my calendar. My calendar doesn't own me. There's no reaction to what the day presents. Like I have taken control of that. And so I use my calendar app uh, as inviting myself to make sure I'm, I'm fully, to your point, present in what I want to make sure that that my day looks like. Love it. Love it. Where do our listeners find more of Drew Maddox? So across all social media, you know, so Twitter at Drew Maddox, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Drew Maddox 45, uh, LinkedIn, any, anywhere you can find any of that stuff. I post daily content. You can go to Amazon and you can look up Elevated and Excavated. You can go to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify to grab our, our podcast. Um, and also, you know, something that people uh, have become fun to kind of follow is, you know, we've done a lot of trick shots, Brett, over the years because of our basketball camp. So we have eight world records. Uh, I've Holy been smokes. featured on ESPN, Ellen Show, Good Morning America, uh, all over the world. That those, those videos have several hundred million views. And so people may wow. enjoy those as well. Where do we find those? On YouTube or just. And what's, is it under your name or where is it at? Yeah, just any, I mean, just any news source. Yeah, you can okay. in, just Google Drew Maddox and you can see a lot of those trick shots. Well, you'll probably get some uh, four new subscribers being my four boys. That uh, yeah. you know, It's like people want to watch YouTube more than they want to watch TV these days. That, don't know, isn't that the truth? So it's yeah, crazy. we, uh, the trick shots have become like of all the things, that's probably, you know, what, what people want to talk about the most. That's funny. That's really yeah. funny. So uh, one last question I was going to ask. Best college basketball moment that you can remember that you played in, what was uh, one of those best moments that we'll, you'll never forget? Uh, when very first time our name was announced for the NCAA tournament. You know, just when your name got popped up that you had made March Madness, I think was that, that was special. First time I ever ran on Memorial Gym's floor as a player fulfilling that dream. And then the third piece was beating number one ranked UCLA was probably our best win we ever had in my career. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Drew, thanks so much for being with me, man. It's been awesome having you on the circuit of success, sharing your stories and your passion and your legacy. And uh, we really appreciate your time, man. I appreciate it, Brett. Thanks so much. Uh, I look forward to uh, following the success of the show. Thanks so much.